On this episode of Resi Week, we talk HD, 4K, or 8K. Apple is embedded on new TVs. And is Apple your new set-top box? All this and more on this episode of Resi Week. The network for the AV industry. What are you listening to? This. This is AV. This. This. This is AV Nation. This is AV Nation. This is Resi Week, episode 153, Input Zero. Support for AV Nation is brought to you by Atlona, the go-to provider for AV signal distribution and control in corporate, higher education, and residential spaces. And by Atlas IED, innovative audio solutions for every business environment. Welcome to Resi Week. This is your weekly wrap-up of all the latest news and stories for the residential AV industry. I'm your host, Matt D. Scott for avnation.tv. Today, I'm pleased to be joined by one of my longest standing friends, which I'll, I'll say that. I don't know if she'd agree, but you know, notwithstanding, it's Heather Sidorowicz. She is the president of Southtown AV in Buffalo. How are you, my friend? I am doing well, living the dream. Was this the fourth time we've talked today? I think so. But we can pretend. <laughs> it's first time for everything. Yeah. Then we have Mark Feinberg. He is the president of uh, Home Theater Advisors. How are you, sir? Doing great, Matt. Thanks for having me again. Hoping I don't have a sophomore slump on my second visit to the podcast. Oh, we'd never tell you if you did. <laughs> Everyone who watches would, but we never would. Then we have Mike Grubb. He is the VP of Marketing at Luxo. How are you, sir? Doing great. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much for being here. All right, ladies and gentlemen, let's kick this right off with a story that comes to us today from a residential tech today. HD 4K or 8K video, which one should you recommend? This is uh, written by the one and only Michael Heiss. If you don't know him, he's the guy who wears the Simti pattern jacket at every trade show, uh, just in case you don't see him walking down the aisles. Um, But he's also one of the, dare I say, you know, just main experts on video. He's the guy that literally seems to write the Bible on all video all the time, all video all the time. He he's totally got it down. Um, so what he's doing in this article is one, given a little bit of history off the start, but really talking about making the case for 4k over HD and then expanding that onto should home theater professionals should integrators wait and not necessarily recommend 4k, but wait and recommend 8k in six months, in a year, in five years down the road as we get there. Heather, I want to start with you on this one. Um, this has been a conversation that we've really been having for two to three years now. Um, the first 8K display I saw was the Panasonic Monster that had to be craned in. And I think we I saw that. that. I th- yeah, I think we saw that at Infocom like four years ago possible like like it's been around a long time 4k obviously has been around uh even even before that but it's one of those things i had a conversation last week with a client who asked if they should be buying 4k or hd and i said when was the last time you saw a 1080p tv what, what are you thinking so heather when you look at this when you read this and most importantly when you're talking to clients where do you stand on this as far as what to recommend Well, we're mid-market, so I think that we are more of a sell to everyone, and in that world, we are 
three words, content, content, and content, right? I mean, until there's content, there's no need. There, you're, not, you're not pulling in that anyway. Um, so we actually had our customers hold off on 4K until we felt really comfortable um, that there's enough content out there, that things work together. There was actually an earlier, um, I don't remember all the details of it, but I remember when, first, when 4K TVs first came out, they were not going to be compatible with 4K, like Blu-ray, or the new 4K Blu-ray players. Or, um, so we, we tend to, we're, we're a hold your ground sort of company. Um, and, and again, I mean, how much even 4K content is out there today? Um, I have my 12-year-old who tells me that she can't see the difference. <laughs> But she also knows that if she tells me a movie's in 4K, I'm more likely to say yes and let her rent it. Ooh, that's a good key. She knows well, me well. <laughs> Mark, given what Heather said and, you know, kind of your history on it, one of the biggest things that is always touted when you start talking 4K is, yeah, the content may not be there, but we can upscale. Does right. that factor in to, to the conversation that, hey, this will make – that, that football game you're watching uh, or, or that, that drama you're watching look better because it'll upscale. Yeah, if you're sitting, you know, two feet away from an 85-inch screen, I guess it'll matter for 4K to 8K, but... None of you that, are supporting my claim. This is terrible. <laughs> well, you know, it's, it's a great, the higher we get on this mountain, the lower the increment becomes each time. Right. I mean, I remember being at a home show selling the difference between standard def and high def, and it was awesome to show people because it was a wow factor and yeah. it, you know, there was, Sony had this demo disc and it, it this, 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 it, there was a frame that went across and so you could see from high def to standard def to high def and it was so noticeable and it was exciting to tell that story. Even high def to 4k, it, people are like, I kind of see it. Sure. I, yeah. And the leaves back there. Maybe. But yeah. Maybe. I mean, what are you going to say in 8k? I completely agree, Heather. I mean, it's the same. I, the, the, other night I was, the other day I was watching one of the football games. And I was having some trouble with the audio, so I flipped. I wanted to see it was the channel. So I flipped to the SD channel of the game, and my son flipped out on me that, I, <laughs> that he was watching such poor quality. How could you? Exactly. But HD versus 4K, I mean, clients, we, we, we stream a 4K video on the Apple TV and then put on the S, the. the, the HD video version of it, they can barely see the difference sometimes. Um, you know, and going back to what you said before, I remember some clients, and we're middle market as well, so I'm in the same boat you are, Heather. I had a lot of clients who bought, you know, the first 4K TVs that came out, they were $7,000 for the 55-inch TV or whatever it was, or maybe $4,000, and they weren't HDCP 2.2 compliant. That's the, that was the tech stuff mm -hmm. I was... Right. So, you know, finally, when all the compliance came out, this expensive TV they bought that was 4K couldn't offer most of what 4K can offer. I don't think it has HDR. It didn't have all the, all the bells and whistles, and there was no content. So will 8K come out? Sure. But by the time there's affordable TVs with content and with the right standards, you're probably five years at least from now. So, yeah, I'm going to stick with 4K. I may put the infrastructure in, run fiber to make sure there's going to be 8K capability down the road but I'm not going to start talking about 8K TVs at this point. Very good. All right, Mike, let's, let's end with you on this one. Sure. So I, I think I come at this from a different perspective because being with a, a manufacturer of network products, uh, we look at this from how is it going to be able to support uh, the, the user uh, functions in the home. And so, you know, when you have um, um, 8K TVs, and you'll see you have multiple 8K TVs, one in your uh, family room, one in the uh, bonus room, one in 
uh, master bedroom and you're streaming this this uh, 8k uh, information um, it's, it's, a, it's a huge taxing on the system so I think that there's a lot to consider when you look at going from 4k to 8k even you know personally um, having 4k TVs in my home and I'm bumping up against that one one terabyte uh, uh, streaming service that that Xfinity kind of caps on me and and then I'm having to go extra there's considerations to look at when you're using uh, the services now I'd love my 4K. Uh, um, do I downgrade and, and look at uh, other stuff that's in 1080p and, and HD? Yeah, but uh, I prefer to be able to watch things in, in uh, 4K. So I think that there's, you know, the just the different considerations that you have to look at when you're you looking at different platforms of service. Very good. All right, ladies and gentlemen, let's move on to our next story of the day. And I kind of flipped the script on Tim. He had a, a lovely plethora of stories that we were going to cover and then CES started and I got caught up. So blame me if, if you didn't enjoy this, but hey, it's my show. I get to do what I want. Um, if you, if you were following along a little bit late last night and then early this morning, there has been a bunch of announcements that have come out of CES. And I want to talk about a couple of things strictly just, I don't want to get into the gritty. I just want to cover, um, what is what we're starting to see because it's a huge trend that I think is really something that we as integrators uh, and people within the industry need to watch. Now, I will give you this quick little uh, side note. We record Monday afternoons, so there will be a ton of stuff that is still to come that we'll talk about next week. Um, hopefully, hopefully there's more stuff. But to kick it off, um, The Verge is reporting and this came out late yesterday that Samsung's 2018 and 2019 televisions will be able to access and play your iTunes movie and show TV show libraries essentially built directly into their smart hub will be essentially your Apple uh, iTunes media. Mark, I want to start with you on this. Not only did Samsung announce this, they had the biggest integration. Um, they also announced AirPlay 2 mm -hmm. available in, I believe the whole line. Vizio followed suit with AirPlay 2. LG followed suit with, with AirPlay 2. Sony has their presser later uh, today, probably around 8, 8 p.m. Eastern. So I'm assuming that they, they're going to follow suit as well. What does this mean? Apple has been locked down for so long. What is this new relationship between the manufacturers and Apple mean for, mean for us? Um, I mean, for us, it, it sounds like you're getting closer to input zero uh, and not having an HDMI cable, just having the TV be the source. And you can do it now with most of the streaming services. You throw iTunes in there. Um, you know, I think we might address it later, but an app from your cable company in there. And all of a sudden, you don't need to have anything else other than the TV. Um, in terms of Apple being more open, I guess they... You know, they kind of have to be. You see how they, you know, they finally, I guess, made up with Amazon and Apple TVs are sold on Amazon and the Amazon Prime app is available on the Apple TV. A little hobbled, but it's still there. Um, you know, it's, they're realizing with all of the other hardware out there, they need, they're what, the number two or number three streaming box. They need to get more exposure because I don't even know what the numbers are, but they make an enormous amount of money off of the App Store and off of their content. Um, why not get it into more people's hands? Very good. Mark, one of the other things that came out 
beyond this, although this is a big deal, but from LG's world is they're, they're debuting or not debuting. They've debuted this before, but they're, they're talking about it starting to ship their OLED that's rollable. That's essentially like a bottom up right. screen or a, a projection screen. Mike, th- this is one of those things that, you know, we saw it last year. It was really cool, but who's buying it? When is it shipping? Blah, 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 blah. That had never been available. Uh, or or the, the concept was there, but it was kind of like the, you know, the concept car you see at the auto shows. It's never been made. They're just going to make a pretty model and, you know, hammer it out of some metal and some clay and say, Ooh, look, look what we can do. This one supposedly is going to be available in the spring. Mike, where's, where's the market for this ultra premium rollable OLED? I think you'll probably see this in the top you know, half percenters, as well as you know some of the uh, some of the corporate uh, applications that you'll see. Um, you know these these pieces kind of roll out. Um, you know it's it's going to be interesting to to see if it actually does arrive uh, when they say it's going to arrive because you know we've we've seen these promises, we've seen these claims before. So you know to be able to to wait for it until it really is here is going to be key, I think, and not just spec it in. Are you saying that there's vaporware at CES? <laughs> I can't believe that. You think there's vaporware at CES? Yeah, I've seen it many. Never. <laughs> Heather, you've been on the floor. You've seen the vaporware at CES. Yes, saw it last year. The, the question I have for you is, again, in this, this whole kind of cutting edge, breaking um, product news thread, Samsung announced that the wall is a, now available in an 85 it's going to be more massive quotes, affordable. Um, seeing that we've, like I've inter- interviewed Samsung people in the past and we've talked about the wall a couple of times now. We've talked uh, about where it's going and, and who's actually using it. This is an 85 um, inch version that again, there's, there's no official pricing on, but that they are saying is more affordable and more accessible the wall is something that, you know, again, we, we all go to the shows, we see it and we go, Ooh, that's awesome. But nobody's really selling it except for one project I know about in California that I may or may not be able to know about. Where do you see products like that, that again, are, are, are being tried to make more affordable? Where do you see them fitting? Well, some will make it and some won't, right? I mean, we've gone through so many iterations of the technology where you see one or two and whether they catch out or not. OLED, when it started up, it was Samsung first, right? On, on OLED. And they pushed it long enough that even Sony, Sony who had said, we're not doing OLED and then eventually brought in an OLED line. So it's always about the next great thing and what it could be. Conceptually, it's a cool idea. I mean, it really changes the way that we would sell TVs. You would sell them as, yeah, you can go from, 119 to 200 something and you're just popping them on i saw a video about how the way that they're powered is it's almost like legos right you're mm-hmm. popping on and then it's adding on that extra piece um so i mean conceptually who knows like this could be the next the next technology i and i love any company that's breaking the mold of what we're used to so lg between lg and their rolling screen with samsung and their micro um they're cool new ways to bring TV to the living room. Um, so, and we all thought that was going to be projection, right? I mean, yeah. we didn't know. So, uh, 
it, it's a cool, I mean, that's, that's the cool part about CES, right? Is that you can see stuff that you, that may not take hold, but you can see stuff that, that is a potential for a game changer of the future. Very good. All right, let's move on to most likely our last story of the day. This comes to us from Mac Rumors. And you may say, hey, it's Mac Rumors. Do you really want to trust it? And as a devoted Mac fan, I will say, yes, you can. <laughs> um, it, Charter Spectrum, which if you don't know Charter Spectrum, they're one of the big uh, cable co's in uh, specifically kind of the northeast, but I know they get down south and they get uh, kind of into the, the Midwest a little bit. Um, their subscribers can now sign up for a Apple TV at $7.50 a month following the release of their brand new Spectrum TV app uh, for that 4K Apple TV. Essentially what it is, is like normal, it's a cable code that is offering an app that gives you access to all of their products and uh, all of their, their, their channels, et cetera. What's different is they're using the Apple TV as that set-top box and selling it like a set-top box. Uh, at seven fifty a month, it becomes essentially one hundred and eighty bucks, which is not dissimilar from what it streets for in the u s obviously up here in canada it 's a little bit more expensive. but that being said, this is kind of the first iteration of that cable company or or, or telco that 's offering a streaming box as the platform as that that system. Mike, I want to start with you on this. This is something that's been talked about for a long time. It, it kind of ties into everything else we talked about today. Um, but really where this kind of seems to make its bones is it's got the zero sign-in. It literally just is there and lives with that system and you pay your cable code for it. Mm -hmm. Is this the next wave of cable distribution? That's a great question. I think what they're trying to do is overcome the cable cutters. So as they, as the cable cutters are, you know, releasing services and, and not having, whether it's dish direct, uh, it's, it's cable. And that's the hard line that comes into the home. Uh, people are more willing now to look at alternatives. And I think that they're trying to uh, overcome some of the challenges when it comes to their revenue stream uh, and, and utilizing something that, that they can tie back into their service. So we're seeing it, you know, with DirecTV streaming services, we're seeing it with, um, you know, Xfinity and, and all of the apps that they have on their boxes and things like that to keep people engaged with their, their service, not just cut a cable and move to, you know, one of the streaming services. So I think that this is a direction that we'll see more of. Very good. Heather, you're the one who, who found this and, and sent it to me, which thank you for that. Um, this is one of those things where I, I have to be completely honest here in, in Canada, I don't want to say we're immune to this, but it's not the same. Our, our Apple TV experience is a different app store. There's different availability. There's a lot of things that are different. What my personal use has, has started to be is, you know, I, pay for everything it seems we've got cable we've got uh, a bunch of the streaming apps we have the streaming apps that go over top of the cable apps that i like it it's a little bit of a mishmash but about uh, a month ago I, I started actually allowing apple to do its thing with the tv app and start to actually you know show me what i'm watching and from all the different providers and i gotta say that experience is fantastic does this, like, like that's always been the kicker with Apple. And that's always been the thing that has made me, who's, I've been using Apple since 
post-production stuff. That's what makes me love Apple is the experience is fantastic. That's why I fanboy. You hit it right on the head there. Um, it, it's the interface, right? So as someone who speaks to customers, I answer the phones. I know what they're saying. I know what that the end user experience is, not just my own, but theirs. Apple, it still makes the best user interface. Um, Apple TV is just easier to use than Roku and Chromecast. Sure, you can figure the rest of them out. And certainly they do a better job than the TV app. So it's cool to say like Samsung and LG will have the iTunes app. So those people have that ability, but it won't be as good as a native Apple TV app um, or Apple native Apple TV. So they just, their interface is just really easy to use. Um, their remote is so easy to use that I have a $900 remote next to it and I rarely pick it up because their damn remote is so damn good. Um, <laughs> that you can say, you know, find me family friendly movies or, um, you know, it, they're, they just do a really good job. At it. And I think that's what the difference is. No one's capitalizing on that. So if they're making that third-party device and they're making this extremely user-friendly and it's a great interface, and now I'm getting it for $7.95 a month so I don't have to, you know, I'm not the kind of person that's going to put out, you know, the 100 and whatever it is, $70, um, then I can have that user interface. I'm going to be happier. I'm going to keep it. I'm going to use the cable. They're going to get their residuals. Um, and then, as we said earlier, um, my, or off air, and what my belief is, is what Apple's really, the game they're really playing is they're getting very close to releasing their own streaming um, app. That's, that's my guess. And then it will be available on all these places. I wish that I would have paid attention when I remember Netflix, everything that came in all of a sudden, every DVD player that we got in at that time, you know, many years ago, all of a sudden had this Netflix symbol on it. Like, mm -hmm. God, I wish I would have just, you know, here, let me put all my money in that. <laughs> very rich right now. Um, but yeah, I think that that's the play that they're going to make. Very good. Mark, pretty much every article that we've looked at today that touched on Apple in any way, shape, or form touched on what Heather just brought up, that they're pushing for their own app, their, or, sorry, their own streaming service, that they're pushing that down the road. Um, to pull in some information that, you know, maybe not be directly connected. They're having issues selling their new iPhone. It's not meeting expectations. Yeah. They've had their worst quarter uh, or definitely the worst week ever mm -hmm. um, last week. There's a lot of things going on surrounding Apple. Seeing this, watching this, and knowing that you might be like, like me when I'm selling a system, we Always recommend, yeah, you, you're going to want an Apple TV, especially if there's too. an Apple device in the home. Yep. If, if, we, if I text back and forth with the owner on iMessage, yeah, you know I'm going to recommend that you need Apple TVs everywhere. What does this mean to you as an integrator who's looking at it going, yeah, we kind of need to hitch our wagon here? Yeah, I mean, I, right now I tend to be a little bit more Roku-centric. I like it better. I think it's I'll more... I think it's more, they're more app agnostic. Like, you know, they, for a long time, that was, only way, that was the best yeah. way to get Amazon Prime, right? And I, all of my clients are Prime subscribers and wanted Amazon. But because they have it anyway, right? So right. They have it they're anyway. paying for it anyways, right? My, I want, I, I'm paying for it, I want it. Um, so it came down to, are you an Apple household and you want to AirPlay or are you, do you have, do you have um, Amazon and that's more priority to you. What do you, what do we put both in? Because don't, don't you love the look they give you when you say, or they say, Oh, I want a new TV. And you say, what kind of phone do you own? Right. Exactly. Like, <laughs> don't, trust me on this one. Just let's 
<laughs> just, just, just bear with me and it'll make sense. Um, yeah. And, and they, you know, for a lot of times it's, let's put both in because, you know, it was Amazon for the Roku and then, then it became confusing. Where do I go? And mm-hmm. so I, you know, I have not used the TV app. I, now that you've mentioned it, I'm going to go, you know, what I'm going to be doing in the next hour, <laughs> but it's, if this works and, and, and they replace the set top box, I mean, Heather, Matt, how excited would you be to not have a cable company provided set top box in that apartment, in that home? Oh my gosh. I would, I would be, he- heck, Mike, how happy would you be to not get calls from clients about it going offline? Right. Exactly. Like- <laughs> Yeah. No, nobody or, wants or, to or having to buy other equipment to support that going offline. Mm-hmm. Exactly. I mean, I mean, Apple TVs have to be rebooted rel- relatively frequently as well. Right. Often they do it on their own, but but you don't even have to unplug it anymore. You just go into there and tell it hey. to reboot. Versus, hey. can you climb? Hey, Mister Customer, who makes more money than I ever will? <laughs> can you climb behind that TV and unplug it and plug it back in? Right. right. Exactly. I mean, if, if if they can get, now I don't know what the. It's seven fifty to rent the Apple TV. I don't. What it didn't say was how much the service is going to cost. I assume that doesn't include all of the streaming service of all the channels because nobody's hitting a seven dollars price point. No, you know, it's thirty That's forty dollars. Yeah. So will they be hitting a similar price point to the other streaming services? What channels? What networks will they have? That's all up in the air, and no one really knows. But if they can use the beautiful Apple interface. If they can get rid of that, that cable company set top box, we're all going to endorse getting rid of that cable company set top box. Mm-hmm. Um, if they're, if the cloud DVR works well and you can, you know, fast forward and rewind accurately and not miss things. Cause it's, you know, when I fast forward and rewind and Netflix, fast or forward Amazon, and rewind, I don't understand. Is that a new technology? It's totally, I mean, Heather, that $90 remote doesn't fast forward. Um, you know, I, I, I miss scenes. My son gets mad at me when I'm, you know, when I, when I, when I want to rewind to see something, it goes back three minutes, not 30 seconds because it's streaming and it, and it happens different speeds. So if they can nail all of that, this is, it becomes kind of a no brainer. It's what we're going to recommend to them. Yeah, right. And Apple TV, their, um, their screensaver has the best 4K oh my content. God, it's gorgeous. That content is unbelievable. I get mesmerized yeah. by it. <laughs> it is. It is. Excellent. All right, ladies and gentlemen, let's leave it there. Thank you so much for joining us on our first uh, show back of 2019. Heather, if people want to connect with you, learn more about Southtown AV and everything else that you do, where can they do that? Um, well, for fun, let's meet on Twitter, uh, tech underscore chi, C-H-I, um, where we can just chat about all things fun. If you want to know more about the company, southtownav.com, you can check out our new website. Fancy Nancy. Mark, thanks so much for joining us. If people want to connect with you, learn more about Home Theater Advisors, where can they do that? Uh, on, the, on the web, it's hometheateradvisors.com. We spell theater the American way. It's E-R. Um, you'd be amazed how many people want the art. They'll try the to wrong do it. way. The, in, in, if you live north of the border, maybe. Um, <laughs> and on Twitter, it's at, HT, at HT Advisors. Twitter, uh, LinkedIn, Facebook, all of the above. Excellent. Thanks so much for being here, Mike. Uh, as always, pleasure speaking with you. If people want to find out more about you or more importantly, Luxel, not that you're not important, but I know what's up. Where can they do that? Sure. They could definitely go to uh, Luxel.com to uh, check out Luxel and everything that we have to offer. And then uh, all of our links to social media are on there as well. I- I'm expecting and assuming that you will be at ISE as well. Yes. Absolutely. Do, you have an, do you know your stand number? 
Uh, uh, so see. find them on the floor. <laughs> 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 Definitely, if you're at ISE, check out uh, Luxel. They will be on the floor. Uh, for myself, if you'd like to connect with me, you can find me on Twitter at Matt D. Scott and uh, every other social platform. But more importantly, please stop by avnation.tv where you'll find this show and a wide variety of our other shows with all the verticals that we cover. When you visit the website, please take a moment to check out our supporters. We are extremely thankful for their support and ask that you support them as well. Thanks again for watching. That's all the time we have for this episode of Resi Week. 